My name is John Bradbury, and this is the Understanding Your Identity and Purpose podcast. Welcome, everyone, to Understanding Your Identity and Purpose. This is episode five. We're talking about sharing a body with the Holy Spirit. Before we get started, I just want to mention two things, and I will put links in the show notes so you don't have to remember this exact wording, but uh, I have a book called The Good and Noble Heart, 10-Week Transformation. It is on Amazon, and it is, as it sounds, a 10-week devotional slash guided journal that walks you through the New Testament, but it only focuses on your identity. Identity is the way you think about yourself, or another way of saying it is the story that you're telling yourself about who you are and why you're here. The premise of the book is God is not limiting your life in any way, that you are limiting your life with, uh, by building a fence around yourself that, we, that I call identity. Identity is the fence. It's the, it is what defines your comfort zone. So inside of the comfort zone, you obey God, you take risk, you, you do what you're called to do. But outside the fence, outside of the story that you tell yourself, you don't. And, and the premise is that there's a, so much more that God has for you that you've put outside the fence by building the fence in the first place and that God wants to expand your boundaries and he wants you to think about you the way he thinks about you. And so uh, the book is designed to do that over 70 days, you walk through the New Testament, there's a one-page devotion, and then a one-page journal prompt and with lines in the book so that you can write right there in it. You can combine it with uh, listening to the four chapters of the New Testament each day, and you would have gone through the whole New Testament in the 10 weeks. The other thing I want to mention is the video series that goes along with it. It's on my website, johnbradbury.co, and it's on the coaching tab. It is called Transforming Your Life from the Inside Out. And so what this is for, it includes the book as a digital download, the ebook. But it also has 10 videos that are about 15 to 20 minutes. It has group study notes. And it also has 10 activation practices. So I took the 10 most important lessons that I learned 
while I was uh, going through this year-long process of going through the Bible, writing my way through, trying to think about myself the way God thinks about me, trying to expand my own identity, I took the 10 most important lessons. I put them in order of, you know, of the way you would need to learn them so that they build on each other. And I connected 10 actual practices that you can do to activate your awareness, your faith around those things. Put printable study notes. And so if you think about it, the book and the course are teaching about the same thing. Uh, But the course, um, the coaching series, can be done as a small group. So like a weekly video session. And the book is a daily uh, homework, a daily practice. The book, depending on if you... um, if you listen to the Bible or not, if you listen to the Bible and read the devotion and do the journal prompt, it's about 30 minutes a day. But if you just do the devotion and the journal prompt, then it's five or 10 minutes a day. Uh, If you want to include the video series, um, I, I take a much more structured approach of the one, two, three, four. These are the most important lessons. And that's good for you individually, but also allows it to turn into a group discussion so you can watch the video together. There's no extra charge um, for uh, a group watching the video. They don't all, you don't have to have separate licenses for everybody. One person can buy the video series and then show it to 10 or 12 people. And then there's printable notes where you can talk about the, this together. So I'll link both of those up if you want to explore uh, this subject of identity and purpose and calling in your life, or if you know that there, you're, there's a calling on your life, but you, you're not satisfied with the fruit that you're producing. You're not satisfied. You, you feel that there is, that you have set a fence, a boundary on you, and you're not fully doing what you're called to do. You you know there's a calling, you're starting to do it, but you're holding yourself back some way, but you're not sure what to do about it. So um, if that is you, I just want you to know that that is available. Um, so I hope that is helpful. It is. It changed my life. I actually wrote the book to myself and as a practice of pushing my own boundaries out. And it is what is changing my life currently and has already um, transformed my life in so many ways I, I can't even exaggerate it. So I uh, hope that's helpful. I'll, I'll link that up in the show notes. So let's get into today's topic which is one of my favorite, favorite topics. And I, I'm, I'm talking about sharing a body with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is an unusual way to say it because I want to emphasize 
um, identity in the process and clarify some terms. But I want you to I want you to really grapple with, wrestle with in your mind that you are not your body. You are not your brain. This is this is a can be a, a tricky subject to understand because you have you have spent your whole life attached to your body and your brain is interpreted life for you so you feel like you are your body you think you are your brain but you are not your brain you are a spirit being I want you to see the the separation I want to use some uh, try to define some terms to help you understand we're going to take our time on this and I hope that this will help you kind of get grounded and settled into uh, your identity in a more meaningful way let's talk about the the term identity identity as i said before is the story that you're telling yourself about who you are and why you're here so i in a sense identity is a limiting factor you picture it like the fence around your life your life is a garden let's just call it your body your body and mind are a garden your spirit who you really are is the gardener the one caring for tending watching over the garden also manifesting your nature through the garden identity is the property line it's the fence it's the boundary that you have made up around your life to say where you're comfortable and where you're not comfortable where you should be and where you should not be we do this by attaching our sense of self to the way we look to our nationality to our race to our gender to our gifts and our strengths and our weaknesses to uh, our fitness level and our sickness level and our titles and possessions and functions and roles in life and we end up thinking that who we are you know in my case would be a white middle-aged american christian male that's married you know that drives such and such car that works such and such job i become a writer i become a runner i i become my roles and functions and and hobbies and 
and job and relationships. I attach myself to those things. But in reality, what I'm doing is limiting myself by putting a fence around my life. And if God has for me, you know, say God wants me to be on television, and then I say television is not who I am, it's outside of my comfort zone, I have then said God's will is outside of my comfort zone and I'm not willing to go there. That's how I'm thinking about identity. Um, but identity is not only uh, the limiting factor. That, that's what I would call an ego identity. You know, the, the way we attach our sense of self to our, to the forms, to our thoughts and feelings and actions and titles and all that, and our body. Um, but our true identity, our true self, is a spirit being. Now this can be hard to wrap your brain around because um, we don't think about this much. But when God created Adam, he formed his body out of the dust of the earth. So his body is natural, it's physical, it's made of the same elements as the ground and the trees and the air and the water. It's made out of the earth. It's made out of the, the same vibrations from God's voice that everything else is made out of at the subatomic level. It will come into existence. You know, it will form in your mother's womb, multiplying rapidly. One brain cell will become an entire brain with a trillion brain cells and then it will pass away it will decompose it will go back to being the dirt it will pass away but that is not who you are because that's not who Adam was when Adam became alive he came alive when God breathed into him and he became a living being. Well, that living being, represented by breath or wind or air, is who you really are. It's a spirit, and we're going to get into the details of what that means, but it is the gardener of the garden. It is the person living in the house, not the house. If you think about your body being a house, you are the person, you are the being that lives in the house, that cares for the house, that manifests your nature through the house, but you are not the house itself. You cannot die. You are, un, you are not physical. You are spiritual. 
the, Bi uh, the Bible uses some different words like spirit and soul. They, they mean almost the same thing. Spirit, the, the word used commonly, is the same word for wind or breath or air or the movement of air. It is almost an analogy because there's not a word that defines spirit well. But the same term that's used for your spirit is used for the Holy Spirit and is also used for the spirit realm. So we use the word soul, which is an attempt to try to define your individual spirit as opposed to the spirit world. Um, even though you have a body that has a unique DNA or genetic code because of your parents, you're not that body, you are a spirit. But you, as a spirit, have a uniqueness to you that separates you from other people's spirits or from demons or angels or the spirit of God, which are all spirit beings. You have a uniqueness to you. Um, a, good, a good way of thinking about it is with music. Again, all we have is analogies because I'm trying to wrap our head around this. But music is, a, is one of the best analogies. Um, if you think of yourself, uh, your spirit, as a specific song... Think of all the, there's seven different, seven different ways music um, can differ. You know, the, the tempo and the pitch and the frequency and the volume and the different ways music can change. And then you think about the, the words to the song, the, the, the emotion the song evokes. You have a specific way like a, a part in the orchestra, a part in the in the broader plan of God, the 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 grand scheme of things, but you are not disconnected from the grand scheme of things. So you are a spirit living in a body, or that's not exactly true. You're a spirit that's attached to a body or you are a spirit that is responsible for a body or you are a spirit that manifests your nature through a body those are all different ways of saying the same thing if for today's episode let's use the analogy of you living in a house now Paul uses some different analogies to talk about the, this same topic. Paul, the apostle in the Bible, he says, Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, or the dwelling place 
of God. He uses that as a for the individual that we are each of our bodies is a is the house of God. Jesus uses the same kind of language in John 14 where he says we will come to you and make our home in you. Paul also uses the temple analogy for the the corporate uh, body of Christ. And he says, you are being built, you are a living stone that is being built into a temple of the Holy Spirit or a dwelling place for God on the earth. Another analogy he uses is the body of Christ. Now, in, in one sense, this is not even an analogy. This is literal. You as an individual are the body of Christ. But more accurately, every believer joined together is the body of Christ. Now, Jesus was is a spirit but he is the manifestation of god on the earth so he was given a body but who he was was not the body who he was was the manifestation of the word of god or the will of God or the intentions of God's heart. He was the exact representation of who God, God's nature, his word or his, or the causality of God, the reason of God, the, the will of God, the intention of God. So his, his nature, Jesus's nature form like manifested through his body and his body was crucified and then God raised him from the dead and he had a spiritual body that was able to manifest his nature without ever needing to die again. Now each of us are going to end up living with a body for eternity. It's not going to be the same body we have now. It's going to be a spiritual body. But we will still have a garden to demonstrate our nature. We will still be able to manifest who we are through some kind of form. We will be able to be seen and heard and we'll be able to relate to others. We will still be able to manifest our life, our nature, in a form. That's what a body is. It's a form. And it is subject, you know, a physical body is subject to space and subject to time. And that is not a bad thing. That's a good thing. So you live for a certain time period and you exist in a certain place 
so that you have a life that can demonstrate God's nature on the earth. It can manifest the kingdom on earth. It can be in the world. When you, when you see the word world in the Bible, for the most part, it's talking about the world of form, forms. And so it is the physical, the natural. It is the gardens or the greater garden of such that God demonstrates his nature through the entire world of form. Jesus himself demonstrates his nature through the body of Christ. Now, I think we get a little bit too symbolic when we talk about the body of Christ and we don't actually realize that we are literally the body of Christ. Jesus is speaking to the world through his spirit and we are communing with his spirit and then we corporately are manifesting Jesus's nature in the earth. So when he teaches us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's done on an individual level through our body. We're manifesting the kingdom. And it's done on a corporate level through the entire body of Christ. We are literally the body of Christ. We are the form that houses his spirit and manifests his nature. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the spiritual things. Concerning the spiritual. Now we, we attach the word gifts, spiritual gifts, but that word gifts is not there. Um, he's just saying the spiritual. I want you to understand spiritual things. And in, in the New Testament times, they were aware of the spirit world much more than we in the Western world are today. It was much more commonly talked about and understood. People thought of angels and demons and, and spirit in, a, in common. It was common to think about those things and even to talk about those things and understand life that way. We've kind of dismissed all that and said it's all science. All there is is the form. There is no spirit. But in their day, it was that was not the problem. The problem was they were confused because they grew up in a polytheistic environment in which there was thought to be multiple gods, multiple spirits. Um, and they were confused because they would see one person 
manifesting God's nature through a prophecy and another person manifesting God's nature through a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, which is just information that God has given revealing the secrets of somebody's heart. And then they'd see somebody else speaking in a tongue that was a language they didn't understand, whether it was a different earthly language or actually spiritual heavenly language. And then they would see people getting healed, physical healing, emotional healing. And they would see all these various manifestations and they were thinking that there was a bunch of different spirits manifesting different natures through different bodies. But Paul was correcting them saying, no, there's only one spirit. And what he's doing is showing every each person a part. So in 1 Corinthians 13, when Paul says, you know, we see in part, what he's saying is no one person sees the whole, but the Holy Spirit sees the whole. The Holy Spirit exists in the past, present, and future. It's all present to him. There is no past or future. It's all present. He is dwelling in every single believer at the same time. He's not there. He's not subject to space or time. So he can dwell in every single person at once. He is aware of the heart of God. It says he searches the heart and the mind of God. He is also aware of the heart and mind of every person. So he is in, you know, I'm saying he, he is not a, a person, so to speak, but he has a personality. He is a being that is in this unique position that he understands what needs to happen for every person in every situation. He knows God's heart for them. He knows the right thing to do. When, you, when it says God's righteousness, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Righteousness is the right thing that, you're, that you do at, in the right moment with the right people in the right place. So every moment has a right action that is beneficial to you, to all of society, to the planet, and it also honors God. There's no losers. There's no downside to righteousness. It is the right action for every moment, for every person. But each individual person doesn't know what that is for the corporate they don't we don't know what the best thing to do for the entire world but the holy spirit does and so when we have a trusting relationship with him he reveals to us the part that we need to play and we stay aware of that connection with him which we talked about in the, the episode on consciousness, 
we stay aware of our trust connection, our relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. And he shows us our part, like he gives us revelation. We call it prophecy, uh, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discernment. Those are different aspects of revelation, therefore different purposes. And there's also um, the energy gifts. There's information gifts and energy gifts. He gives, you know, he brings physical healing. Um, he in, gives different abilities, uh, creativity, um, organizational abilities, influential abilities. So he, there is the information and there is the energy or the ability that is coming from heaven to the entire body of Christ, but each member only gets a part. And this is why Paul said it's so important to that love is more important than the information or the energy alone. Because the information you're getting is only part of the information. And the energy you're receiving or that's flowing through you is only part of the energy. But love is the awareness of your connection to the whole. Love is, is, you know, God has put me in a family that is connected. I am connected to that family. And that family is connected to a church body. And that church body is connected to a region and that region is connected to a nation. And that nation is connected to the world. And we are all people that are connected to the planet itself and to the animals and the plants. And that planet is connected to the universe. And this is all serving God's purpose. We are, we are one with the Holy Spirit. And we are one with each other. And we are one with the planet. There isn't there's not an adversarial relationship with anybody nobody has to lose this is not a finite game this is an infinite game in which it's all win-win the best thing for me is the best thing for you which is the best thing for society and is the best thing for god and it's the best thing for the planet in every situation in every moment there is right action that has no downside and when we stay connected to god through his spirit we get our little part we get the information and the energy we need to play the part that we play in the greater thing in the greater uh, scheme of things the plan of god and then his kingdom comes and his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. So, there is one way that his kingdom doesn't come and his will is not done. And it is not manifest on earth as it is in heaven. And that is when we are not aware 
of our relationship to God. We are not aware, we're, we're not, we don't feel connected to him. We feel isolated or we feel separate than him. When we, that, and that is the ego. The ego is the mindset or the perspective that we take on when we are not consciously aware of our connection to God. So we start living, feeling isolated. We are aware of our lack instead of aware of our abundance. We start taking from life instead of giving to life. Uh, we, We don't have a source of joy, peace, and love because we don't have an awareness of our connection to God. And so we start trying to find our identity. We start trying to take pleasure from life. We, we, we grasp for control. We, we long for comfort. We are, t- we are going into every relationship and every situation trying to get from life what we should be giving to life. But the only way to give to life is to live aware of our connection to God. So corporately, we're the body of Christ, but also individually, we're the body of Christ. So I want you to remember the analogy that I gave about you are a being living in a house. So you are a spirit and there's some words that will help you understand what that means the best word that i know of to explain what that is is awareness you are the awareness that has thoughts or that causes thoughts. Another way of thinking of it, uh, a thought is an actual energy like a wave, you know, like sound is a wave that travels through the medium of air. Light is a wave, an electromagnetic wave that, that travels the medium of space thoughts are a a wave of energy that travel through your neural pathways in your brain you know along they use the medium of your brain feelings are energy that is a released through chemicals in your body. Your moods and your thoughts and your feelings are, are arise from your awareness, but they are not your awareness. You know, just like a wave arises on the ocean, but the wave is not the ocean. The wave is just the energy moving through the water 
like sound is moving through the air, your thoughts and your feelings and your actions, your physical body itself is manifesting who you are, but it is not who you are. You are the awareness that has thoughts. You are the awareness that has attention. I'm going slow on this. I, I want you to get these words. You are the awareness that has attention and your awareness can direct that attention in different places. You can focus your attention on things. Okay, your brain does not define you. You actually define your brain. Now, depending on your awareness, your brain is... Uh, they call it neuroplasticity, your brain will adapt, will change, it will change its physiology, change the chemicals it's releasing, create new pathways, redirect pathways based on your awareness. So it is you, you your awareness, your, another word is consciousness, it is your Awareness that it, your brain develops around. You are a being. You are an awareness that is made of the same stuff, spiritual stuff, as God's spirit is. You have attention. You can direct that attention, which is an intention an intention is a will you can direct your attention in a certain direction you can intend things which is another way of saying choose you can choose you have a will you also have desires You can want things, and that want can direct your attention in it to a certain area. You are an intelligence. So with even without your body, you can understand, you can sense, you can feel, you can hear, you can see. Your brain is the most complicated thing in the universe and it is so magnificent that it can detect spiritual realities. It can see, feel, hear, experience spiritual things. So your brain can actually interpret physical senses and spiritual senses, so to speak. Your senses themselves serve you. They are not you. 
So touch and feel and sight and hearing and smell serves your awareness. You are the awareness. Now, your awareness is unique. It's different than other people's awareness. Or, you know, another word of say, a way of saying this is your consciousness. I'm using these, you know, these are the best words I know to explain spirit. And your body manifests your nature through you directing your attention in certain ways, you holding your awareness, you directing your intentions, your desires, your will, your intelligence. You can change your focus, your attention. You can change your awareness to be from so you're, you know, you are aware of your connection to God. You are aware that you're a spirit being. Or you are not aware that you are connected to God. You are not aware that you're a spirit being. If you are not aware that you are a, a spirit, you then still have to live with a, a sense of self. You have to... Have, come from somewhere so your awareness shifts to various forms you know you your uh, thought is an energy form that's running through your brain a feeling is an energy form that's stored in your body or you know go moving through your body an action is an it is a form of what your body is doing from your thoughts and feelings you know, results are the form that happens from your actions. You know, and then there's all the various roles and functions and titles and positions and relationships and all the possessions that you could attach your sense of self to. So you might be a fan of a certain football team. You might be... Uh, associated with your gender or your race or your nationality or whatever you start to attach to the forms you attach your sense of self to them in much the same way as a little two-year-old would attach their sense of self to a toy by saying this is my toy so it then stops being a piece of plastic laying on the ground and it becomes a part of who they are and now if you take away my toy they get angry because they're attached their sense of self to it so you are the awareness let's use that word that directs your attention and uses your intention to manifest your nature through your body in much the same way as a gardener displays their imagination or their creativity or their nature in the garden your body manifests your nature 
Now, what that looks like is, you know, your awareness will cause your attitudes. So your body, your brain will manifest those attitudes. You will look a certain way. You will feel a certain way. You will think a certain way. You will act a certain way. And even your physical body will develop a certain way if you are living from an ego awareness, um, which is kind of an anti, you know, like a an anti word. I don't know how to say that. It is because awareness is or consciousness is the awareness that you are aware that you are a spirit and it is an awareness of that you are connected to God and it is the awareness that you're connected to the earth it is the awareness that you are connected to all living things and all people it is the awareness that you are manifesting the kingdom of God on the earth or or manifesting spiritual realities into natural realities that's all awareness. You're aware of being aware. <laughs> and then the ego is unawareness. It is attachment to form. It is, you know, the living like a victim or an orphan where you feel isolated or you feel like you have to protect yourself. You feel like you need to find your identity. You feel like you need to take pleasure. You you feel like you need to prove yourself. So the ego is actually an unaware, unaware brain. <laughs> yeah, unconscious mind or mindset or perspective. So you are an awareness that is manifesting your nature through your body and your life. You are living one moment at a time. Your, your body is subject to space and time so that you can actually demonstrate things. Without space and time, a, a seed cannot become a flower, so to speak. You can't take a piece of ground and make it into a thriving garden without space and matter and time. So God gave you the gift of space and matter and time so that you could demonstrate your nature, so that you could learn to love, so that you could bring spiritual realities into natural forms, so that you could bring heaven to earth. And the way that you stay aware of your connection to God, the way to eternal life is Jesus. It's not just believing that he existed. It is the model that he set up. So he modeled being conscious, being aware, staying connected to God. Um, you know, it's incredibly important that we get John 14, 15, 16, and 17, these 
this what a gift that John the Apostle gave us, uh, writing down Jesus's words to his to his disciples when he explained all of this. Highly encourage you to study those four chapters and uh, and to meditate on them and to just go deep in them. So you are manifesting your nature through a body for a limited amount of time. The body is going to die and you're not going to die. And this is what decides your time on the earth, your time in the body, decides how you spend eternity. Now eternity is not some future time after time eternity is the present moment because to God to a spirit there is no time there is no space so how you spend the present moment forever will be determined on if you establish a relationship with God's spirit through Jesus and if you live a conscious, aware, connected life, if you will to do God's will, if you set your attention on the things that his attention is on, if you take that part that the Holy Spirit is revealing to you and you manifest it in the earth in cooperation with the entire body of Christ so that God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven, and the way you do that, and pretty much the, the main reason Jesus came and manifested himself on the earth in a body, is so that the Holy Spirit could share your body with you. Now, you are a spirit, and he is a spirit. You are an awareness, he is an awareness. But he is God's awareness, and you are your awareness. Like, you're a tiny little fraction of the spirit realm, and he is the whole. He is God's awareness that is aware of everything, and you are aware of a part. So you are demonstrating God's nature part of God's nature as a piece or a member of the whole body but the Holy Spirit is manifesting all of God's nature using all of the body of Christ and the the point of having time and space and generations is that we would build that more and more people would become aware of their connection to God through Jesus, that they would all start understanding their part and cooperating with the Holy Spirit. They would all let go of their ego and become aware of what the Holy Spirit is doing, trust Him, do their part, so that by everybody doing their part, God's nature is manifest in the earth. Now, if we decide 
And we get to decide to stay connected to God. Then we get to stay connected to Him forever. And if we decide to cut ourselves off from God by shifting our awareness uh, to the ego or to the form itself, and we live our lives unaware of our connection to God like a branch cut off from the vine, then we get to stay cut off for eternity. This is heaven and hell. This is reward and punishment. God is not doing it. We are doing it. Anybody that cuts themselves off as a branch has, be, has stopped becoming a useful branch, has stopped manifesting who God is in the earth, and has declared themselves cut off from God and is now burned in the fire. That's not, God is not judging them. They are judging themselves. They are sabotaging their own life by living from an ego mindset or living unconscious lives. So we, our awareness, shares our brain and our body with God's awareness or the Holy Spirit. Now the same way that our body can manifest our nature, we can yield to the Holy Spirit. We could submit or we could yield and the Holy Spirit can demonstrate God's nature in our body. It's like, you know, two roommates sharing the same apartment. They're both unique. They live in the same place. They share the same kitchen, the same air, the same space, the same bathrooms. But they're two distinct individuals. Now, we are the owners of our body. We have free will as to uh, what gets manifested through our body. We are responsible for our body. In that way, we are attached to our body, are responsible for our body. Now, what... what the goal of life is, the goal of being in a body and, and being subject to space and time is so that we learn to live in harmony with the Holy Spirit. And we do that by getting to know Him and then yielding to Him when He wants to speak. So, our awareness can cause a dream to happen in our subconscious and that dream can manifest the you know the you know i'm talking about a dream at night it can manifest this symbolic subconscious language that appears in scenes and symbols or 
the Holy Spirit could manifest his awareness in our subconscious and give us a dream that is so that we become aware of what he is aware of so to speak it's like two artists sharing the same canvas or two gardeners sharing the same garden the way adam walked with god in the garden and then took responsibility for the garden the way two roommates would share an apartment or you know a family would live in a same house we our awareness can cause pictures in our mind can cause thoughts can visions can imagination and the holy spirit can cause imagination thoughts feelings because we are both aware two awarenesses if that's a plural word sharing the same brain we share the same headspace the same body the same the same chemical functioning so i my senses can feel the presence of the holy spirit and that might manifest you know by i might have goosebumps or i might tremble or i might shake or i might feel heat those are all common manifestations of the holy spirit's presence or my emotions might sense the holy spirit's presence and i might laugh or i might cry or i might weep or i might feel compassion or i might feel joy or peace now i can my awareness can create my feelings and the holy spirit's awareness can create my feelings my awareness can create thoughts the holy spirit's awareness can create thoughts it's the same brain we share the same brain the same body the same chemistry now the point of life is that we get to know the holy spirit we develop a relationship with him and we get to know ourselves we have we build self awareness and we know the difference between our thoughts his thoughts our feelings his feelings our energy his energy our information his revelation i hope that makes sense to you that we're sharing the same brain we're sharing the same body he is sharing the same body with every believer he's not limited to one body we are limited to one body so in this way this is love love is the awareness that we are all sharing the same holy spirit we're all sharing the same plan the same purpose the same reason for being which is to manifest god's nature on the earth or to manifest his nature through the form of our body in the form of the planet but he can use our imagination the same way we can use our imagination and our practice is to tell the difference the practice is to learn and a lot of it is just trial and error learn like practicing the piano or practicing a sport 
learn what works and what doesn't work just developing self-awareness okay when i felt like the holy spirit was leading me to say that thing and then i get feedback and i follow up and then i tell by the results if that was the holy spirit or not or if that was just me or if that was just the environment i was in you see what i'm saying like the 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 medium of our body is not different the holy spirit doesn't take over our body without permission we yield to him we yield to him and then when we when believers get together you know say there's a hundred believers that are living conscious aware lives they have self-awareness so they they know that they are a, a spirit they know they are awareness they're not their body they have done practice to with trial and error to using spiritual disciplines to live an aware life and they also are aware that they the holy spirit shares their body when we come together in unity what happens is the synergy or the momentum of having a hundred bodies who all share the awareness of the same Holy Spirit. Now we have so much more momentum, so much more, it's so much easier to sense or feel God's presence. It is manifested in a more tangible way because there is more awareness of it, so to speak. Now, this is like when we are all together in unity, all worshiping Jesus at the same time, the tangible presence of Jesus, it's more feelable <laughs> by our body, if that makes sense. So we, we share the same brain with the Holy Spirit, but we are a part, He is a whole. What we want, what we're trying to accomplish is to yield ourselves so completely to the Holy Spirit so that whenever He wants to say something to somebody else, He can say it through us. Whenever He wants to do something, He can do it through us. Whenever he wants to solve a problem, he can solve it through us. Whenever he wants to release creativity or abundance into the earth, he can do it through us. And we are so aware of his presence and aware of our presence that we can willingly choose to operate from our sense of self or yield and let him operate. And there's no conflict. The only conflict comes when our ego arises, when we stop, we stop living an aware life and we try to have our own opinion that doesn't include him, have our own judgment that doesn't include him, so to speak. This is why Paul makes, says things like quenching the Holy Spirit 
or grieving the Holy Spirit. It's like I share the same body with the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm a, his roommate, but I lock him out of the house. Or I, I were having a discussion and I refuse to listen to what he has to say so that I can defend my own opinion. It becomes, it becomes a limiting factor. The, the Holy Spirit is not limited, but he is limited through me. I am the limiting factor. If I have to defend my position or prove a point or have an opinion or make a judgment or, you know, have an identity that's separate from him, that is unique or that um, does not include my connection to him, doesn't arise from my relationship with him, if I have to be distinct or separate or better if, I, if I'm trying to prove that I'm better than somebody else or compare myself or, or you know, be in competition with somebody else where I want to win and they lose, all of that, you know, we call jealousy and envy and, and wrath and anger and lust and all of these things where I'm trying to take from life, it limits the work of the Holy Spirit in my life or it limits how much he can manifest God's nature through my body. You share the same brain, the same body with the Spirit of God. And the more aware you are of that, the more the kingdom of God can come on earth as it is in heaven. And, now this is, this is not uh, at all to diminish you. You get to choose whether you stay connected or disconnect, whether you stay aware or, or live unaware. You get to experience the joy and peace and life and love and creativity and abundance you get to experience that. The language of the spirit is experience. The language of the ego is opinions. Opinions. Like it is thoughts, feelings that arise from unconsciousness, that arise from isolation, that arise from an orphan or a victim mentality. That's what opinions are. That's what judgments are. They are what separate us from God, what makes us unique, what makes us special, so to speak. The language of the Spirit is experience. I see things. I hear. I feel. I sense. I smell. I watch. I notice. I experience Your brain is interpreting your physical senses in your spiritual senses. It is the medium that your awareness uses 
to think and feel and act. But if you yield, it can be the medium that the Holy Spirit uses to think and feel and act. And that's what we want. We want self-awareness and Holy Spirit awareness. Now, just a quick warning. There is uh, very little teaching that I've found on this in, in the church. Um, there, there's quite a bit of talk about this in Hinduism and Buddhism and in New Age. But what they are seeking is just self-awareness. They want to be aware of consciousness without being in relationship to the Holy Spirit. They want to know that their body is just a house and they're living in the house. But that is incomplete. You want to be aware, self-aware, that you are a spirit living in a body, so to speak. But you also want to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit, sharing the same body. That is what connects you to God. That's what allows you to have eternal life, which is to know God. Now, God can use anybody. He can use an ego to accomplish a purpose. Like you'll notice this, like a lot of CEOs or great athletes or politicians or artists or musicians or whatever, many of them have a very strong ego and God can use that ego, like in the case of a scientist, to produce a vaccine that helps the world. He might use a politician to lead a nation, but they don't get to know God. They don't get to participate. They don't get to love, joy, and peace. They don't have the awareness of their connection to the whole. They don't feel love. They don't get eternal life because they don't get to know what's going on. I want you to know what's going on. I want you to voluntarily participate with the Holy Spirit to do your part, to see in part, Paul said, but even more than that, to be aware of your connection to the whole, which is love. To know that you are a small part of a whole organism that is revealing God's nature on the earth. If this is your first time hearing something like this and you grew up in a church that was like, you know, teaching the Bible as a history lesson and a rule book and there is no, you know, manifestation of the Holy Spirit and there is none of this. There, you know, Paul, what Paul said to the Corinthians, I want you to be, uh, I don't want you to be ignorant of the spiritual. Well, you grew up ignorant of the spiritual because of the 500 last 500 years of cultural you know bias in the western world um, that's okay that's fine don't take my word for it 
Go back and read the New Testament with fresh eyes. Uh, I would highly encourage you to get into John 14, 15, 16, 17, and also uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, and stop making the assumption that that the Spirit stopped manifesting Himself once the, the Word was written. That is completely untrue. The entire point of Jesus coming, dying, raising, and ascending, the, the reason He left the earth is so that the Spirit could come, so that what He experienced, what He modeled, the, the Spirit living inside of Him, the Father manifesting words through his mouth, the Father manifesting thoughts through his brain, the Father manifesting his nature through his hands and his feet could be available to everybody and that there would be not just one body of Christ limited by space and time on the earth, but there would be a corporate body of Christ all in unity manifesting God's nature on the earth. This is the entire gospel. This is why we're here. So I want you to, to, to read the scriptures with fresh eyes, to pray and meditate and worship and, and, and think and be aware with fresh perspective and to become friends to, with the Holy Spirit, to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, to become in unity with Him. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, and you don't ever sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, ask Him. Just pray a prayer and ask Him with faith to come into your heart and share your body, share your brain, share your space. And He will. And then start by practice, learning, becoming self-aware and also God-aware and so that you can cooperate with him in bringing heaven to earth. Thank you guys for listening. That's the end. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. If, if you want, you know, uh, a practical workbook, handbook type, uh, practice to, to go through the New Testament and study identity uh, to push the boundaries of your comfort zone out uh, so that uh, you're not limiting what God wants to do through your life go get the Good and Noble Heart uh, 10 week transformation I'll link it up in the show notes and God bless you guys we will talk to you next time